shift into an attitude of gratitude. Welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kozowski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show. I'm your host, Deborah Kozowski, and today we are switching things up. We're going to talk about career transition. Andrea Horvath is a career transition coach who helps women determine the career or business that has their name written all over it. She helps bring them into alignment with work that their soul came here to do, and then helps them confidently make that transition, even if they have no idea what that looks like or how to get there. Her signature framework helps women connect with who they really are at their core and teaches them how to to make decisions that are in alignment with who they are and what they actually want. Through the process of a new career vision is born and then created. Andrea was a certified professional accountant in the corporate world, managing budgets between 10 to 20 million and realized she was totally unhappy and unfulfilled. By all outside appearances, she looked successful, but she felt completely empty on the inside. And from that place, she began to search, searching for her ultimate ultimately finding the answers of how to feel completely excited and passionate about her career again. She first started her business as a side hustle around a nine to five corporate job. And since then has been able to transition full time to what she absolutely loves to do, help other women step into their power and follow their hearts. She lives in Vancouver, BC as a solo parent with her two teenage daughters. Please welcome Andrea Horvath to the Millionaire Woman Show. Woo-hoo! I'm glad you're here. <laughs> Thank you so much, Deborah. I'm so excited to be here. I really am. First of all, you know, we were chatting before we got on. Andrea and I have been following each other on social media for quite a while. And we have not met in person, although we feel like we've met each other and known each other for a very long time. And I think that's one of the coolest things about connecting with people on the podcast is often I've known some of these people for, for a while. And just to get them on the show and be able to share them with the audience is just such an exciting feeling for me. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there was that feeling for sure. Of like, why haven't we done this sooner? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is, exactly. is going to be a juicy conversation. I <laughs> so Andrea, I just want to throw it out there because I know there's a lot of women out there with side hustles, often thinking that, you know, maybe I shouldn't do this anymore. Just rely on the nine to five because people in their world around them might be saying, well, you're not really making any money. Do you really have a business? How did you tune out those messages to focus on moving into what you truly love? That's a great question, because there definitely are a lot of women who are who are thinking about it or have started. And it's exactly what you actually said. It's staying in your own lane. You know, we've been taught in our world to really look outside ourselves for answers. We look outside ourselves for guidance. We look outside ourselves you know, for what we're supposed to do and who we're supposed to be. We're looking for all these indicators outside of ourselves. 
But if you actually want to be truly happy and truly fulfilled, the answers need to come from within yourself. And so it's tapping into yourself and connecting to yourself is how you'll actually keep aligned and keep yourself moving towards what is most important to you. That's so interesting. Because the other thing I think about is when you shared that, you know, in your bio that you were found yourself in a place of being feeling unfulfilled, lacking meaning per se, in what you were doing. What was that time frame? Can you share with us what that time frame felt like for you as you pivoted and you moved into doing more of what you love? What was the realization? What were you awakened to? Oh, so much. Honestly, Deborah, so much. I mean, my life changed dramatically in 2005, 2006. I had a daughter who was born um, and she had some health issues. And, you know, whenever we go through something major in life, it changes our perspectives. It completely changes who we are. And through a process of two years of figuring out what was wrong with her, I completely changed as a person. Mm-hmm. And that process continued. And I realized as I went through this, the reasons why I started my career as a CPA didn't exist anymore. Like I'd started it because A, I'm good at math. <laughs> okay, which is which is just, I'm good at it, but I don't actually love it. I like it, however, I don't love it. And honestly, I became a CPA because I knew there'd always be jobs available to me. And those aren't really great. Like the great reasons when you start out, but they're very much survival. That's a very much survival mindset. And so when I went through changes in my personal life and started to really think about, well, what do I want? Who am I? I discovered I don't actually fit this anymore. And it's an interesting journey because most women I work with have known for a really long time they're in the wrong career. They've known it deep in their soul but you know what we do? We keep doing this because we've got to pay the bills. But after a while, it gets to this place where you're just like, I can't do this anymore. And that's what happened with me. I'm like, I just, I can't wake up every morning feeling drained, feeling exhausted um, and getting to the end of my day where I'm the same feeling. I've just got nothing left in me for the rest, you know, the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So it, it was a long, really long journey for me to figure out. Of course, this whole time I was a single parent. So... <laughs> the pressure of providing was really, really significant and large for me. However, also recognizing that I want to teach my daughters lessons about like going after your dreams, doing what feels good, listening to yourself and all those beautiful lessons that, you know, I really wanted to teach them. So there was a, it was a lot going on over a long period of time that ultimately led to me making the change. And, you know, it is those major life events that really shift who we are. And it who it is, I like to say that some of the challenges we face are taken, feels like a two by four hits you at the beginning. But in actuality, when if you look in hindsight, the compassion and grace of some of those lessons that came to develop who you were as a person. And I, and I find it fascinating the more and more women I talk to who have faced these challenges, who've shifted in their careers, it is the resilience and the foresight and the vision that they now have for themselves with such greater confidence and conviction. It's, it's mind-blowing sometimes. That is so, so true. It often really is those moments you realize actually 
I'm a lot stronger than I thought I was. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what it did for me too. Like when I was faced with having to figure out what was wrong with my daughter, I'm, I was up against a medical system that wasn't supporting me. It didn't have family supporting me. I didn't have all these things going on. I was, you know, one woman on a mission. And after going through that, yeah, you have this whole new perspective of, wow, I'm actually stronger. I can do this. And that's when doors also really begin to open. Yeah. Right. And, and it's fascinating. Like this is the part that I just, again, you see it in hindsight, but also when you're looking forward, when you've made these big decisions where those doors to opportunity that you didn't think would open, suddenly there's these openings and these opportunities and you're like, whoa, how come I didn't make these decisions before, right? Because you weren't ready. Oh my gosh. You know, and that, and when I look back on my life, I don't have a lot of regrets because I always think yeah. everything happened for a reason. It's gotten me to where I am. However, yeah. <laughs> one I do have is not doing this sooner. Of course, you know, I suppose there was reasons why I didn't, you know, yeah. be valid. However, you can't see, you just can't see what's up ahead from where you're standing. You can't possibly yeah. know unless you actually take the steps, right? So it's, it's a bit of a catch 22, right? To try yeah. to figure out like, how do I move forward? What's it going to look like, you know, and then looking back and seeing it all so much more clarity. Yeah. Well, let's dive into some, some more of the questions, but I, I loved hearing about your journey and, I think there's many women out there who are going to resonate, even men who listen to the show will resonate that, you know, when you're sitting in a place that your, your why is no longer serving you, that it's time for a shift. So my next question is, what can, what are some of the common challenges that women face in transitioning careers or even starting a new business? I would say probably the biggest couple ones, certainly are first of all is, is confidence mm -hmm. is, is really confidence. Um, Often when you get to the point when you realize you're really unhappy, you've been there too long. Like we talk about like not doing things, right? Yeah. And so you get to a point where you've been in the wrong place. And let's face it, when we know we're in the wrong place, our confidence diminishes and it just continues and continues and continues. So you get to that point where you know you're in the wrong place that you don't have actually the confidence to make a switch. Mm -hmm. So that's why, you know, a lot of women were like, what can I switch to right away? They want to know right away, like, what is it? What is it? What is it? And they want to just like land right into it. And I'm always like, no, we've got to take a step back here. We've got to build you up, understand you, what's going on with you and tap into your unique gifts and brilliance and all those things that's actually going to light the fire within you again. Because until you do that, it's just, you're, you're going from, from a place of lack and scarcity and low self-esteem and low self-worth where you're not going to be able to find what lights you up when yeah. you're in that place, right? So that's one of the biggest hurdles I see. One of the images that came to mind as you were talking, it was seeing a fireplace or, you know, a fire pit that people sit around while they're camping. And it's almost like the parallel is that we're down to the ashes, the embers that are still hot, but there's no more flame. And when you're talking about the confidence, we kind of got to stoke it up to, like you said, to understand what's going on for that flame to burn again. And that's the first metaphor, that kind of vision that came to me is like, oh, she's talking about these embers. <laughs> In my mind, that's what it is. It's just like, you maybe been there so long that you know everything so routinely by heart that it's, but you can do it in your sleep, but it doesn't get you excited. 
doesn't get you excited. And also I find is when this is one thing that is really, really important is if you're in a current career where your needs aren't being met, you get drained every day. If mm-hmm. you think about it, like if you're constantly draining your cup each day, and that's also where women come to the place of where they're actually, they're so drained. So they just have no energy to even, so never mind their confidence, their energy is low. So the combination yeah. of the two, <laughs> I mean, you really do need to put those logs in the fire, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then the next metaphor, as soon as you said that, I have a kid's swimming pool that you're sitting in. And the pool is draining, not the water, but the air from the pool, the blow up pool, and the water is leaking out while you sit there and watch it all go away. So in your experience, what are some tangible strategies for overcoming both real and perceived barriers in career transition? A lot of it really is, is mindset. So what I find is we tend to get stuck in story, right? And here's the thing. A lot of these stories are actually real. Like when we talk about the barriers, often they're very, very real. And so it's not about pretending they're not there. It's just choosing whether you actually want to kind of like, quote, unquote, buy into that. <laughs> like, Is it the story I'm going to choose to believe, even though it's yeah. there? And you look at even like the recession right now, you know, it stops a lot of people from making, whether it's job changes, uh, whether it's, you know, making the career transition. And for me personally, I just choose to ignore the fact that what's going on in the economy. (laughs) I can see it. I know what's going on. I'm not in denial about it. However, I can choose a different reality. And that's what we need to start doing, going, it's there, but I'm going to choose something different for myself. And then follow that path. Excellent. Because, you know, there are that real and perceived barriers, and they are very real, because that's what you're experiencing and making decisions based on those. Could you shed some light on the factors contributing to the great resignation and its impact on women in the workforce? Oh, wow, I love this topic. <laughs> I mean, COVID was such an eye opener, right? It, it what it did, I mean, it did a lot of things, but it really brought to light the fact that most, you know, the majority of people who are unhappy in their careers, because we've been doing this thing where we've been just going through the motions. It's because we're supposed to do. Everybody's busy. Everybody's just got this path that they've been following. You know, when life slowed down, it gave people an opportunity to reflect Mm. and go, am I actually happy? Am I actually in alignment? Like, what am I actually doing? Because we've almost become robotic and just accepting what has been given to us. You know, when I was in corporate, I questioned things. And, you know, I drove my employer nuts because I questioned things because I didn't get them. Like, why are we doing this? And, you know, the answer is often, well, this is just how it's done. And that's unfortunately where we got to, you know, prior to COVID is a lot of people just said, this is just how it's done. And there's a level of acceptance. However, once we had a chance to slow down, it was like, you know what? I want some time with my family. I actually want some more wellness. I, I want to feel joyful. I want all these things. And so that slowing down time has just brought a lot of clarity and people realizing there's other options available and they want them, right? And I, I love that you say that because, you know, I was uh, working with a coach recently and he, and he was talking about how important it is for us to slow down. 
And, you know, I know myself, I've been just like, go get her, you know, got to go do this, got this, got this. But when you actually, and I, and I've learned this with my clients now too, is that when I slow down the whole process, you know, so that they themselves can slow down, that they have more opportunity to find that clarity and those answers within as well. And I think I'm not the only one (laughs) who's been in that place of, you know, go, go, go. And, you know, experience of that acceptance is so real. And one of the stories that I always hits hard is, you know, my, um, and it's an old story that I've heard for years is that there's um, a mom uh, who always put her ham in a roaster and the daughter's trying to do it. And she's like, we got to cut the ends off. And the husband's like, well, why are, why are we cutting these ends off? It's kind of a waste of meat, isn't it? And she goes, it's just the way things always have been done. So she goes to her mother and asks her the same question. Like, why do we cut the ends off this roast? Um, she goes, well, I do it because my mother did it. So she goes and phones her grandma and says, grandma, why are we cutting the ends off the roast? Like, it just seems like such a waste. And she goes, I only do it so it fits in the pan. You know, and we, when we fail to question things, do we really have to do them the way that they've always done? Or, or is it a place, like you said, Andrea, that it is that we accept it as it is, and we think that nothing can change or be better? And I, it's very profound. I would 100% agree. And I've heard that analogy before. And actually, I think it is a brilliant one. I really do, because it's so clear. We've, we've done that in our world. We just accept accept and especially there's nowhere more prevalent in the corporate world but we just accept our careers and our jobs just as the way they are and there are different ways of doing things and I love what you said of slowing down I actually think this is my as I look forward in 2024 I think that is going to be the big difference for many many women Mm -hmm. is they cannot actually do anymore we've been in this go go like masculine and I'm an, I'm an ambitious woman. I get it. <laughs> like, I, yeah. You know, like I complete, I'm right in that camp. However, what I have learned over the last number of years is I get far more done when I actually do slow down. I love that expression. Sometimes you need to slow down to speed up, mm-hmm. which Absolutely. sounds very confusing. And I, when I first heard it, it really it baffled me. I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah. However, now that I've been living it, and now I support other women doing the same, it's, it is that clarity piece. It's connecting with yourself saying, what do I want to do? Is what I'm doing working? Yeah. Because what we've done in this world, in so many ways, is when we see what we're doing is not working, we actually double down. Yeah. And one of the things I want to make sure that the audience understands, and you can help jump in and add in your you know, clarification as well is it's not about perfection because often people say, well, I'm slowing down to make things perfect. I need to slow down to ensure that all the details are in a line. It's not about that. Although you can pay attention to more of the details, but it's not about perfection. It's slowing down so that you feel really confident in your decision-making, really confident and clear in the messages you want to put out you know, and that you're doing things with greater intent versus, yeah, let's just try this and, you know, spray and pray and hope it works kind of thing. So I'd love your take on that as well, Andrea. Oh my gosh. You just, 
<laughs> language because decision making is actually also one of the pieces because exactly what you said slow down is this working for me is this what i want what is my intent yeah. because what we've been doing is we're making a lot of not even really consciously making decisions like going in that i call it autopilot right just going on autopilot just doing the same thing over and over again expecting a different result right and so a lot of that is slowing down to get clarity so you can make decisions that are far more in alignment, that are far more in resonance, that mm-hmm. feel good. And that's a part of it too, is we've we've disconnected ourselves from our feelings in our career. If it doesn't feel good overall, why are we doing it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? right? So it looks good on paper yeah. often is what the answer to that one is, yeah. right? And I hope with everyone listening or watching us here on YouTube that you are really taking time to reflect on your own situation and thinking about ways that you can slow things down to get that progress. Because really, slowing down is like practicing your speech. Let's say you get a chance to speak in front of the boardroom or on a stage or even to a colleague that you are in a new position, that if you're slowing that down and practicing and thinking about the words and the emotion that you want to evoke, when it's time to execute, you'll nail it because you've created that neural pathway as well. That's so brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah. So how do you help women build confidence to make that significant career change or pursuit in their business. I know we talked a little bit about stoking, what, but what are some other things that you might help them build their confidence? A lot of what I do is, is, is really connecting women back to themselves. And mm. what we often do in our world is we, we do things and we almost like forget what we do. <laughs> you know, we just add more. What we, and especially as women, this is what we do. We, we, know we have all these tasks and all these things we do in a day and we end up adding more and more and more and more and we lose track of everything we're doing so it's going back throughout a woman's history certainly looking at back at the accomplishments looking back where they actually were quite in their brilliance because we don't see it a lot of times we don't see our own brilliance and that is in fact one of the major pieces one of the major pieces actually recognizing it and often what happens this has been so fascinating through my work I've discovered is that often our unique brilliance and our zone of genius is actually seen as negative when we're in the wrong environment. Mm, wow, that's a realization for sure. It's happened so many times, Deborah. I have seen it happen with so many women where they're actually in their genius. Their employer is going, uh-uh, we don't want that part of you. Yeah. And so we dim our light, right? We, we completely dim down. We lose our confidence. So it's tapping back to that and seeing that actually your zone of genius and unique brilliance is what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Because and it doesn't feel like work either when you're in the right place and right, you know, doing the right things. And, and that's part of it too, because it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. We don't give it credit. Yeah. Starting, so to, see on, starting to see all those things, starting to see where we have really had our needs met in the past and how much that has positively affected us and how that's made us shine brighter. All these things, these pieces all start to fit together. And a woman starts to see her worth and her value a lot more. And that's, 
that's when the magic happens. That's when it gets really exciting. And like, you can just, you can just, I can just see women just starting to expand. They just start to glow Mm -hmm. up. Their facial expressions change. The language they use changes. Their whole demeanor changes. It's just so fun to watch. Like I, I really love it. I think that's the most exciting part about being a coach (laughs) is watching them shift and step into their potential and have their own realizations of their brilliance. And I, I find that that's one of the greatest rewards of the job that we do. It is a lot of fun. It's incredible. It's incredible. Like I said, even postures, everything changes. Yeah. You know, one of the things that as you were speaking, and it's something that I'm, I'm personally doing myself in 2024 is, you know, often like I belong to a fitness group and often what we do is we do a vision board and I connect to these images, you know, and the words and the phrases, and I've been vision boarding for years, but this past year has been really sitting with me and thinking about it's more about celebrating some of the wins of the person I had become, right? Who I was becoming. So my my project of this year or for the first six months is that I want to take pictures of when I take the like gather the pictures and put them in a collage of the events that I've done with my friends or milestones I've had for myself. The half marathon, the marathons that I've run the things that we've, we've done like a mud girl race and things that I never thought I'd be like, you know, totally covered from head to toe in mud, you know, and just to look at those things physically, what I've been able to do, the strength from within the qualities that came out, just the connection and camaraderie. And I think one of the greatest things that I've learned with my clients is they're not celebrating enough wins. And sometimes I think we need to have it right in front of us to say, look, this is what I've done. And it's not solo, often not solo. It's often with people around you who are like-minded, who surround you and lift you up as you challenge them as well. That is so brilliant. I love that vision board. And I 100% agree on the wins. What I love to ask, so somebody's listening to this and, you know, it can feel really awkward at first to celebrate your wins, right? Yeah. And these are not, I think the key to this is also not to look at the wins that the outside world necessarily will celebrate. Because I think we look for the wins, like the promotion, the raise, the I got the project, I got the accolades. Those are really easy to recognize. And yes, absolutely celebrate those. But I always ask my clients, like, what happened this week that was like felt like a win for you? And then we dive a little deeper and we say, why was it a win? Like go, go beneath that surface. And what you start to discover is what's really important to you. Yeah. And you can take then those pieces as you, you know, look forward to what you want to create more in your future. Those are all little gold nuggets. But when we can start to really do that, we can start to really see uh, what, like I said, what's important. And where to focus our energy moving forward more so if we want to actually create more fulfillment. Love it. Love it. So what approaches do you use to help women discover their true passions and line with them with a fulfilling career or business? So maybe it's just they need to be stoked and stay in the same career because some, it's just they need to find what they used to love and they just lost where their sight was. Some you know, maybe need to transition into doing something for themselves. And others, you know, the career just needs to do a 360. So I'm sure you've been exposed to many different places that these women are learning to discover that true passion. How do you help them align? 
one of the first things I do is find out what they really need to be happy. So for a woman comes to me and we start having conversations and we look through her past and she's, she needs freedom. She needs autonomy. She needs, she's got this voice that is needing to be expressed. You know, automatically my mind will go to, well, this, this is looking more like a business that's starting because corporate often is not an environment where you're going to be able to get that freedom and autonomy. So it's finding out, going through a woman's history, first of all, seeing what's really important. Is that camaraderie, like you talked about, is that something that's really important? Because maybe she needs to tap into building teams. Like maybe she's lost sight of that. So a lot of it comes down to looking through a woman's past to see what is litter up in the past. Because chances are, actually what always is, there's a pattern. If you go through your life, and this is one of the things about being a coach, like, and I'm sure you do, is we look for patterns. Either the patterns that are working for us or patterns that are not working for us, right? And it's finding the patterns that have been working. And when women come to me, what I find is that they have lost connection with those experiences mm-hmm. that they love. Mm-hmm. And that's a big piece of reconnecting to the joy and the passion. You know, I know for me, so an example for myself is connection is really important for me. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's a big part of who I am. So a coach yeah. makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, it does, they do. Oh. And I, we could talk about that part all day. <laughs> yeah, like, so it's perfect for me. Yeah. So I want to dive a little bit deeper with you in sharing your experience of that connection where what were the patterns looking back what were a couple of the patterns that you noticed in your own transition what i noticed was actually kind of funny because i was a cpa which you can imagine is not really known for a lot of connection right but what i would like the other little things that i would do in my job like if there was something um to organize like an event i was like right there because i would be working with people and we'd be connecting i used to joke that i would have like a i think it's lucy on charlie brown you know how she had that psychologist of five cents that was me people would come into my office and sit down and talk about all the stuff that was going on and i'd just be like sitting there listening so all these times i was doing this like hungry for connection that I wasn't getting. And of course, what I was kind of doing in many ways was actually sabotaging my own career because I wasn't actually putting into my career the areas that I needed to. Yeah. However, the need for that was so significant for me that I just, I found other ways to do it. And then I always did it in my personal life. Like connecting with nature is really important to me. I'm a really mm-hmm. spiritual person. So mm-hmm. connecting um, just with myself and to source and all these things, like I was always finding ways to do it because you know staring at my computer looking at spreadsheets yeah yeah. isn't really cutting it for me (laughs) so and you know it's interesting that you say and I I think this is something that maybe some women need to pay attention to and again men because I know that there's men who listen to the show the thing to pay attention to is you had said this key phrase is that you're not doing some of the things in your career that you need to be doing if you really want that career under underlying, there's this little bit of sabotage going on because you're not doing what you know you necessarily need to do. And that's really key because one of the reasons that women don't make changes when they know they need to, is we often look at the risk of making a change and we magnify it. Like we make it this huge, and it is a risk, 
I'm not going to sit here and say there isn't a risk because of course there's a risk oh, in anything. Sure. However, what we also do is we diminish the risk of staying where we are. And I mean, for me, a real eye opener was a few months before I left corporate, I applied for a promotion and I'm the girl who got the promotion. Okay. Like I, yeah. I'm like, this, I was like, I'm a keener. Like I'm a, I'm an ambitious person. I'm, I'm smart. I always applied myself and I didn't get it. Like I didn't get it. And it was like, the universe is trying to tell me, girl, you're in the wrong place. Like you're not actually doing also what's needed to get that promotion because your heart's not in it. Your, your needs yeah. are not getting met. Like it's just, it's pointing in a direction. So it's really being honest to yourself about like, are you limiting yourself right now? Are you sabotaging yourself right now? Mm -hmm. And being really honest with yourself. That is very interesting. Cause when I think about my uh, pattern, it was always um, looking for opportunities to use things that I self-taught myself in being, having that creative spirit to be social media, freelance writing, uh, speaking from the stage, finding, you know, podcasting came out of it too, that I was pouring creativity on the outside of my life and trying to find ways to have the, more of that on the inside of, you know, the career and, and life. Um, but I'd love to also talk to you about failure. Failure is often uh, a fear that holds people back. How do you guide women in overcoming the fear of failure during that career transition? I always say we're doing sort of research. <laughs> yeah. I almost reframe it. It's not failure, it's research. Mm -hmm. And I love to use that word because failure is a necessary step if you want to find joy and fulfillment in your life. Yeah. It, it absolutely is. So it's not a question of, are you going to make mistakes? It's what are you going to do with them? And I, what I see is that the difference between someone being really successful in doing this and someone not being successful is how fast do you recover? Because what people will do is they'll, they'll make a mistake and they'll dwell in it for six months or 12 months or years. They'll dwell in the mistake. So you're going to make a mistake. The question is, how fast are you going to recover from it? So one of the things that I know I've even done in my own personal career is when I make a mistake, I recover really fast. I don't sit in it. Hmm. So there needs to be, first of all, a level of acceptance that this is just going to happen. It's a granted, you know, and we're human. We're not meant to be perfect. Like yeah. that's just a, that whole notion that we're supposed to have it all figured out. Nobody has it all figured out. <laughs> There's yeah. not one of us who does. We simply wouldn't be alive. It's not part of the human experience. Yeah. And I love that you said you don't want to sit in it. So there's this phrase that um, one entrepreneur that I worked with, he was talking about, well, you just pee your pants and keep going because <laughs> you're not going to sit in it. You're either <laughs> going to go change your pants. You're going to do something about it. You're not going to sit in poop, right? You go do something about it. So same thing with mistakes. So if something happens, are you going to sit in it? Or are you going to do something about it? So it always resonates with me. It's just like, no, 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 no. You just keep moving forward. And, you know, you take what you need to learn from it. Otherwise, the same lesson guaranteed is going to show up again for you to learn. Absolutely. Have grace with yourself. Like have some grace. And I think that's something that's 
needed in our society overall is just have more grace with ourselves. Like you said, take the lesson. Absolutely. Yeah. Take responsibility, take accountability, but have grace with yourself in that process. And, and I think for others, I know from myself included, grace was something I had to learn. Oh. I had to learn that when it came to mistakes and then, you know, and this is the thing that people forget, you know, I find that you don't realize that you could be a role model, maybe not all the time, but role model in the moment for people around themselves to give themselves the grace when they make a mistake saying it is okay. Give yourself some grace, but until you've given yourself some grace, it's hard for you to see yourself as the example for others. And people see you in progress, people see you in progress. And that inspires them to take steps forward. That's beautiful. It, 100%. You have to have grace with yourself first. Yeah. And then you can be that inspiration. It was probably my first business coach said, you know, when you're sharing things online, he always said, you know, share your moments when you've been able to like share your moments of say mistakes once you've come to have some grace with yourself, I don't think he used the word grace, mm -hmm. but once you can come from that sort of empowered place of, you know what, I did this. And it's just more of a non-attachment to it. It happened. And look at me, I made a bit of a mistake. Oops. Right. That can truly be an inspiration. Um, but often I think it's waiting until we found that grace within yeah. ourselves. And that you're real. You're real. Just <laughs> like the person beside you. Right. Um, yeah. When helping women determine their next career move, how do you strike a balance between practical considerations and pursuing what they love? That's a, that's a great question. What's really interesting I have discovered in this is we have dreams in us because they're meant to be actually actualized. Mm -hmm. I think that's something we think our dreams are just some fanciful idea. And they're actually not the more and more work I do with women, the more I see how all the life experiences, how everything they've done and experienced, all their education, everything actually, it's like a culmination point. And so it really is about, once you see all those pieces, you, what you see is it's actually incredibly logical. It's, it's a dream, yes, but it's also incredibly logical, which I think is the brilliance of it. Um, and of course, money is always a back <laughs> is a has to be a consideration in any of this. It absolutely has to be. I mean, my my degree in university was economics. I became a CPA. Like <laughs> my mind never goes far from money. It has to be practical. Absolutely, it's part of it. But what I've discovered, like I said, it actually does fit together. And, and I think people have to realize that because often the like I am a dreamer, I was, but I also need to know that, you know, practicality is a part of it, but I know with dreaming, many things can be possible when I don't allow the practicality part to take over too much. Like I have to ha allow that dream, probably dream. <laughs> I was going to say two thirds, one third for me, and each mm -hmm. person's going to be individual, but the dream part helps me see through barriers, see through challenges, see through how to move through those things with, you know, determination, but also with the vision attached to it that the results will involve a financial gain. 
and also make the impact. Because number one, if it doesn't make impact, people are not emotionally connected to the message and the work that you do. So it needs to be something that stretches people, but also helps them know that it's possible and that they can make a living. Right. So when I think about your role, it's so crucial for people to work, you know, when they want to do those kind of transitions to work with someone who can identify and help them move through the patterns like you do. Well, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So to what extent does community support play a role in a successful career transition? And how do you encourage women to build supportive networks? It's huge. (laughs) We do not have yet enough examples. And I say yet, very, very intentionally, of women who are following their passion and honestly following their calling, their purpose. Like there is this notion, like we talked about a dream. Your dream is supposed to be actualized. So it's really women following what they came here to do. And that's almost how I see it. There aren't enough examples yet. So what is one of my missions? I've got a, you know, a number of things that I do, whether it's, you know, some lives I do, um, you know, telegram group, like just different things to do because we need to surround ourselves with women and people in general who are going after what they want because there's a lot of people who aren't and those voices are really, really loud. You know, I remember when I was doing it, I, I didn't tell anybody. If I, and if I did, like at first when I told people, I got all their projecting because people will project all their insecurities all over you, right? And so if somebody hasn't done it themselves, they probably have a fear within them. So I always say to clients, when you first start doing this, it's like a little, it's like a little seedling. You know, we want to we protect it a little bit. And so surrounding yourself with people who have walked that path. And not people who are struggling and suffering in a career they hate. That person is not likely going to help you. <laughs> They're going to yeah, hinder exactly. you. exactly. Right? And there's a fine line between practical and scarcity mindset. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think people often lose sight of the difference between the two. And there is a fine line. We don't want to be too fanciful and be like, uh, you know, to the point where we're unrealistic. However practicality can be actually scarcity and lack and fear disguised as practicality. And that's something that we all need to be aware of anytime we're doing something that's a little bit different than what everybody else is doing, right? I I love that you said that. I love that you said that because sometimes that practicality is fear. And and I'm Mm -hmm. thinking of my own experiences where people said, well, you'll, you'll lose money. And I'm like, how is that possible? Like when you really walk through things, there is always that risk. But in my mind, I couldn't see how how that would happen. But I realized that later it was someone else's projection. So another question I have for you, can you just share with us a success story where a woman's career transition had a positive impact, not only to her life, but to those around her? and uh, discussing broader ripple effects because of one transformation and how it impacted the transformation around her. I'm just thinking of ones I can share publicly too. Yes, I understand. Yeah. Um, Or even parts of many. That way it's not identifiable. Yeah, what? Mm -hmm. It's easier because they're they're all so different. Like that's just 
they're, or, or they're, tell us in general what happens when one transformation happens and how it impacts the people around her. The feedback that I get is actually kind of fun. So what I've been, been told by different women is, first of all, they'll have family and friends tell them they're just a lot happier. <laughs> like, and that and I have goosebumps as I say that, because that in itself, like, that's just it. Like we, it doesn't always have to be so complicated. If this person seems happier, it's, it's a big deal. We all need to be happier because we're all interconnected, right? Energetically, we are all connected. When one of us is happier, it has a positive impact. Relationships tend to improve. That's what I hear from women is um, they are more patient with family. I mean, these are, these are big things, more, more patient with their kids, more patient with their partners. They have more energy. You know, I've had women say to me, I didn't realize that being drained at the end of the day wasn't normal. Well, it's been normalized, right? However, like just say like, it actually didn't have to be that way. I've had women say to me, like, I didn't even think this was possible. I didn't even give myself permission to think bigger. I didn't think this was actually possible. And now I'm actually doing it. So that's just, you know, running through a few a few women in my mind for yeah. sure that I'm thinking about as I say that, but that's, that's a lot of the feedback of what I get. Yeah. And you know, I, I've experienced the same when someone has a greater confidence in themselves, people will be like, wow, what's she, what's she drinking? I want some more. What is she taking? You know, it's because this newfound confidence and this happiness and this glow from within that maybe has been dimmed for so long is now expanded but it does have a ripple effect to family, friends, everything, their environment, they set up their offices differently. They, they show up differently. They've up-leveled themselves and suddenly their environment and everything. And this is the one thing that I'd love to share is, and, and you, I know you do this, Andrea, with, with people all the time, is that once you make a decision, everything seems to line up and you'll be like, wow, <laughs> you know, you, you think all these what ifs of what is going to happen. But once you make your firm decision and put that claim in the ground, those everything, your universe, your environment, everything aligns. And it's pre pretty cool to watch. It's pretty cool to watch. It's, it's exactly how it happens. I've seen it time and time, not only in my own life, in my client's life. And what is really interesting, I just thought of something as you were talking, Deborah. you know, women, one of the reasons why women don't make career transitions is there's this, we feel often very much like we give to our families. You know, we're very, like, we're very often quite nurturing and our families are our priorities and women will, you know, express to me, they feel like they're selfish for doing this or they don't want to put their family on the side while they figure this out. Mm -hmm. And ironically, in the end, actually what they are doing by investing in themselves and really tapping into what they want and creating that, it actually ends up positively affecting their families. They feel like they're taking from them at first. Mm -hmm. Like I'm taking time to myself and I'm being selfish and all this stuff. Yet the beautiful irony is that actually when you do it, that ripple effect actually has such a magnificent effect on the people around you. So it's just, it's weird how that ends up going when, you know, we stop ourselves for these reasons that really don't end up being kind of valid, but we can't see it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because we can't see the forest through the trees, right? That same phrase. Yeah. So 
all of these questions were meant to help women and delve into challenges, giving some strategies, some motivation to surround those career transition, focusing on breaking down some of the barriers and understanding some of the great trends of the great resignation, but really emphasizing the importance of pursuing your own passions. So Andrea, there's two questions I love to ask. One is, what is one book that has transformed your life? And usually it's not one that you've written yourself or close to writing yourself. (laughs) Oh, I'd have to be Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Just that vulnerability piece. We've armored ourselves up in this world. And once we, on goosebumps, once we can take that armor off, that's when life gets, oh God, so much more more fun. Way more fun. Oh, it's such a powerful place to be. Yeah. And what does it mean to you to live rich from the inside out? Mm, Live rich from the inside out. I believe just waking up each morning excited for the day, no matter what's going on, is just that internal sense of life is good. Life is happening for me. I think mm-hmm. that's such a key one. That's where the richness is. This is all happening for for us. Mm. Um, would probably be the biggest thing I would say to that question. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. It's always very interesting to me because often when we say rich from the inside out, people are like, what? Money? No. <laughs> and then really, the principles we talk about on the show, life, leadership, and business principles are all applicable to our everyday lives in whatever capacity you're in and expanding into. So, Andrea, how can people stay in touch with you, learn more about your work, potentially you know, dive into doing some work with you? Um, please go ahead and share. Oh, thank you. Um, probably the best spot would be my website, andreahorvath.com. My main platform is LinkedIn. You can just search for me for, like I said, also by Andrea Horvath. Excellent. Excellent. And I'll have all of that in the show notes so you can stay connected with Andrea. And uh, Andrea, I just want to thank you so much for this really enriching conversation. And it was great to connect with you now. And I can't wait to hug you in person (laughs) uh, (laughs) to really be able to share this message with people moving forward. So many good takeaways, you know, slowing down to speed up to really taking, you know, stoking those embers and really lighting that fire from within to really live out your passions and watching the ripple effect to the world around you. Very, very powerful lessons for everyone to take away. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much, Deborah. And everyone, you can also dive over to my website at www.debrakasowski.com where you can get your PDF of Reset Your Mindset. It's a 10-page document to keep you on track. So whenever you feel like you're shifting, stay in your own lane, as Andrea even talked about earlier today. And as Mohammed Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. And as always, go out and make today great. Great.